Chapter One of Book Seven of Les Miserables, Volume Four by Victor Hugo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rachel Nelson Smith. Les Miserables, Volume Four by Victor Hugo, translated by Isabel Florence Hapgood. Book Seven slang chapter one origin pigrita is a terrible word it engenders a whole world la pegre for which red theft and a hell la pegrin for which red hunger thus idleness is the mother she has a son theft and a daughter hunger where are we at this moment in the land of slang. What is slang? It is at one and the same time a nation and a dialect. It is theft in its two kinds, people and language. When, four and thirty years ago, the narrator of this grave and sombre history introduced into a work written with the same aim as this a thief who talked argo, there arose amazement and clamor. What? How? Argo? Why, Argo is horrible. It is the language of prisons, galleys, convicts, of everything that is most abominable in society, etc., etc. We have never understood this sort of objections. Since that time, two powerful romancers, one of whom is a profound observer of the human heart, the other an intrepid friend of the people, Balzac and Eugene Sue, having represented their ruffians as talking their natural language, as the author of The Last Day of a Condemned Man did in 1828. The same objections have been raised. People repeated, What do authors mean by that revolting dialect? Slang is odious. Slang makes one shudder. Who denies that? Of course it does. When it is a question of probing a wound, a gulf, a society, since when has it been considered wrong to go too far, to go to the bottom? We have always thought that it was sometimes a courageous act, and, at least, a simple and useful deed, worthy of the sympathetic attention which duty accepted and fulfilled merits. Why should one not explore everything and study everything? Why should one halt on the way? The halt is a matter depending on the sounding line and not on the leads man. Certainly, too, it is neither an attractive nor an easy task to undertake an investigation into the lowest depths of the social order, where terra firma comes to an end and where mud begins to rummage in those vague murky waves, to follow up, to seize and to fling, still quivering upon the pavement that abject dialect which is dripping with filth when thus brought to the light, that pustulous vocabulary, each word of which seems an unclean ring from a monster of the mire and the shadows. Nothing is more lugubrious than the contemplation thus in its nudity, in the broad light of thought, of the horrible swarming of slang.
it seems in fact to be a sort of horrible beast made for the night which has just been torn from its cesspool one thinks one beholds a frightful living and bristling thicket which quivers rustles wavers returns to shadow threatens and glares one word resembles a claw another an extinguished and bleeding eye such and such a phrase seems to move like the claw of a crab all this is alive with the hideous vitality of things which have been organized out of organization now when has horror ever excluded study since when has malady banished medicine can one imagine a naturalist refusing to study the viper the bat the scorpion the centipede the tarantula and one who would cast them back into their darkness saying oh how ugly that is the thinker who should turn aside from slang would resemble a surgeon who would avert his face from an ulcer or a wart he would be like a philologist refusing to examine a fact in language a philosopher hesitating to scrutinize a fact in humanity for it must be stated to those who are ignorant of the case that argot is both a literary phenomenon and a social result what is slang properly speaking it is the language of wretchedness we may be stopped the fact may be put to us in general terms which is one way of attenuating it we may be told that all trades professions it may be added all the accidents of the social hierarchy and all forms of intelligence have their own slang the merchant who says montpellier not active marseille fine quality the broker on change who says assets at end of current month the gambler who says tiers et tout refait de pique the sheriff of the norman isles who says the holder in fee reverting to his landed estate cannot claim the fruits of that estate during the hereditary seizure of the real estate by the morgagor the playwright who says the piece was hissed the comedian who says i've made a hit the philosopher who says phenomenal triplicity the huntsman who says voilaci allez voilaci fouillon the phrenologist who says amativeness combativeness secretiveness the infantry soldier who says my shooting iron the cavalryman who says my turkey cock the fencing master who says tears cart break the printer who says my shooting stick and galley all printer fencing master cavalry dragoon infantry man phrenologist huntsman philosopher comedian playwright sheriff gambler stockbroker and merchant speak slang the painter who says my grinder the notary who says my skip the gutter the hairdresser who says my mealy back the cobbler who says my cub 
talks slang. Strictly speaking, if one absolutely insists on the point, all the different fashions of saying the right and the left, the sailor's port and starboard, the scene-shifter's court-side and garden-side, the beetle's gospel-side and epistle-slide, are slang. There is the slang of the affected lady as well as of the press The Hotel Rambouillet near, nearly adjoins the Corps de Miracle. There is a slang of duchesses. Witness this phrase contained in a love letter from a very great lady and a very pretty woman of the Restoration. You will find in this gossip a fultitude of reasons why I should libertize. Diplomatic ciphers are slang. The pontifical chancellery by using twenty-six for Rome, gerzikten dissol for dispatch, and abfuxtugurzu to xi for the du de Modena, speaks slang. The physicians of the Middle Ages who, for carrot, radish, and turnip, said opopinac perfrosinum reptitalmus dracatholicum angolorum postmagorum talked slang. The sugar manufacturer who says loaf clarified lumps bastard common burnt this honest manufacturer talks slang. A certain school of criticism twenty years ago which used to say half of the works of Shakespeare consists of plays upon words and puns, talked slang. The poet and the artist, who, with profound understanding, would designate M. de Montmorency as a bourgeois if he were not a judge of verses and statutes, speaks slang. The classic academician, who calls flowers flora, fruits pomona the sea neptune love fires beauty charms a horse a courser the white or tricolored cockade the rose of bellona the three-cornered hat mars's triangle that classical academician talks slang algebra medicine botany have each their slang the tongue which is employed on board ship, that wonderful language of the sea, which is so complete and so picturesque, which was spoken by Jean Bart, Duquesne, Suffren, and Duper, which mingles with the whistling of the rigging, the sound of the speaking trumpets, the shock of the boarding irons, the roll of the sea, the wind, the gale, the cannon, is wholly a heroic and dazzling slang, which is to the fierce slang of the thieves what the lion is to the jackal. No doubt, but say what we will, this manner of understanding, the word slang, is an extension which every one will not admit. For our part, we reserve to the word its ancient and precise circumscribed and determined significance, and we restrict slang to slang.
the veritable slang and the slang that is preeminently slang if the two words can be coupled thus the slang immemorial which was a kingdom is nothing else we repeat than the homely uneasy crafty treacherous venomous cruel equivocal vile profound fatal tongue of wretchedness there exists at the extremity of all abasement and all misfortunes a last misery which revolts and makes up its mind to enter into conflict with the whole mass of fortunate facts and reigning rights a fearful conflict where now cunning now violent unhealthy and ferocious at one and the same time it attacks the social order with pin-pricks through vice and with club blows through crime to meet the needs of this conflict wretchedness has invented a language of combat which is slang to keep afloat and to rescue from oblivion to hold above the gulf were it but a fragment of some language which man has spoken and which would otherwise be lost that is to say one of the elements good or bad of which civilization is composed or by which it is complicated to extend the records of social observation is to serve civilization itself this service plautus rendered consciously or unconsciously by making two carthaginian soldiers talk phoenician that service moliere rendered by making so many of his characters talk levantine and all sorts of dialects here objections spring up afresh phoenician very good levantine quite right even dialect let that pass they are tongues which have belonged to nations or provinces but slang what is the use of preserving slang what is the good of assisting slang to survive to this we reply in one word only assuredly if the tongue which a nation or a province has spoken is worthy of interest the language which has been spoken by a misery is still more worthy of attention and study it is the language which has been spoken in france for example for more than four centuries not only by a misery but by every possible human misery and then we insist upon it the study of social deformities and infirmities and the task of pointing them out with a view to remedy is not a business in which choice is permitted the historian of manners and ideas has no less austere mission than the historian of events the latter has a surface of civilization the conflicts of crowns the births of princes the marriages of kings battles assemblages great public men revolutions in the daylight everything on the exterior the other historian has the interior the depths the people who toil suffer wait the oppressed woman the agonizing child 
the secret war between man and man, obscure ferocities, prejudices, plotted iniquities, the subterranean, the indistinct tremors of multitudes, the die of hunger, the counterblows of the law, the secret evolution of souls, the go bare fort, the bare armed, the disinherited, the orphans, the unhappy, and the infamous, all the forms which roam through the darkness. He must descend with his heart full of charity and severity at the same time, as a brother and as a judge, to those impenetrable casemates where crawl pell-mell those who bleed and those who deal the blow, those who weep and those who curse, those who fast and those who devour, those who endure evil and those who inflict it. Have these historians of hearts and souls duties at all inferior to the historians of external facts? Does any one think that Alighieri has any fewer things to say than Machiavelli? Is the underside of civilization any less important than the upper side, merely because it is deeper and more sombre? Do we really know the mountain well when we are not acquainted with the cavern? Let us say, moreover, parenthetically, that from a few words of what precedes a marked separation might be inferred between the two classes of historians, which does not exist in our mind. No one is a good historian of the patent, visible, striking, and public life of peoples, if he is not, at the same time, in a certain measure, the historian of their deep and hidden life, and no one is a good historian of the interior, unless he understands at need to be the historian of the exterior also the history of manners and ideas permeates the history of events and this is true reciprocally they constitute two different orders of facts which correspond to each other which are always interlaced and which often bring forth results all the lineaments which providence traces on the surface of a nation have their parallels, sombre but distinct in their depths, and all convulsions of the depths produce ebullitions on the surface. True history being a mixture of all things, the true historian mingles in everything. Man is not a circle with a single center. He is an ellipse with a double focus. Facts form one of these, and ideas the other. Slang is nothing but a dressing-room where the tongue, having some bad action to perform, disguises itself. There it clothes itself in word masks, in metaphor rags. In this guise it becomes horrible. One finds it difficult to recognize. Is it really the French tongue, the great human tongue? Behold it ready to step upon the stage, and to retort upon crime, and prepared for all the employments of the repertory of evil. It no longer walks, it hobbles, it limps on the crutch of the court of miracles, a crutch metamorphosable into a club. It is called vagrancy, 
every sort of specter. Its dressers have painted its face. It crawls and rears the double gate of the reptile. Henceforth, it is apt at all rules and is made suspicious by the counterfeiter, covered with verdigris by the forger, blacked by the soot of the incendiary, and the murderer applies its rouge. When one listens by the side of honest men at the portals of society, one overhears the dialogues of those who are on the outside. One distinguishes questions and replies. One perceives, without understanding it, a hideous murmur, sounding almost like human accents, but more nearly resembling a howl than an articulate word. It is slang. The words are misshapen and stamped with an indescribable and fantastic bestiality. One thinks one hears hydras talking. It is unintelligible in the dark. It gnashes and whispers, completing the gloom with mystery. It is black in misfortune. It is blacker still in crime. These two blacknesses, amalgamated, compose slang. Obscurity in the atmosphere, obscurity in acts, obscurity in voices, terrible toad-like tongue which goes and comes, leaps, crawls, slobbers, and stirs about in monstrous wise in that immense gray fog composed of rain and night, of hunger, of vice, of falsehood, of injustice, of nudity, of suffocation, and of winter, the high noonday of the miserable. Let us have compassion on the chastised. Alas, who are we ourselves? Who am I who now address you? Who are you who are now listening to me? And are you very sure that we have done nothing before we were born? The earth is not devoid of resemblance to a jail. Who knows whether man is not a recaptured offender against divine justice? Look closely at life. It is so made that everywhere we feel the sense of punishment. Are you what is called a happy man? Well, you are sad every day. Each day has its own great grief or its little care. Yesterday you were trembling for a health that is dear to you. Today you fear for your own. Tomorrow it will be anxiety about money. The day after, tomorrow, the diatribe of a slanderer. The day after that, the misfortune of some friend. Then, the prevailing weather. Then, something that has been broken or lost. Then, a pleasure with which your conscience and your vertebral column reproach you. Again, the course of public affairs. This without reckoning in the pains of the heart. And so it goes on. One cloud is dispelled, another forms. There is hardly one day out of a hundred which is wholly joyous and sunny. And you belong to that small class who are happy? As for the rest of mankind, stagnating night rests upon them. 
Thoughtful minds make but little use of the phrase the fortunate and the unfortunate. In this world, evidently the vestibule of another, there are no fortunate. The real human division is this, the luminous and the shady. To diminish the number of the shady, to augment the number of the luminous, that is the object. That is why we cry education, science. To teach reading means to light the fire. Every syllable spelled out sparkles. However, he who says light does not necessarily say joy. People suffer in the light. Excess burns. The flame is the enemy of the wing. To burn without ceasing to fly. Therein lies the marvel of genius. When you shall have learned to know and to love, you will still suffer. The day is born in tears. The luminous weep, if only over those in darkness. End of Book 7, Chapter 1 Recording by Rachel Nelson Smith, Santa Cruz, California.